And so with that, I would like to invite you to turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Just two verses tonight. Received into rest, revived by rest. That's the title for the message tonight. Because it reaches out to the lost person and it reaches out to the saved person as well. Ruth 3, 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. I invite you to pay close attention to the rest that Naomi mentions here. And when I say rest, you might be thinking about all different kind of things. Some people are thinking about Additional rest that they have got uh, over the past two weeks, maybe some of you have, you know, and, and, and that can be good. It's not good to over rest and underwork, but a lot of people work really hard and they deprive themselves of rest. And and some people have been able to get more rest lately, even if they're still going to their job. It's it's uh, not near as busy in the evenings after work. So there might be some more rest going on for some, and that will be good. Maybe when you think of rest, you think about laying back and kicking back in the lazy boy recliner. Or for others, maybe you think of a power nap between services on Sunday morning and Sunday night. You know, we've come in here several times maybe and complained a little bit about not getting that power nap, not getting that rest between services. And now, just to be able to come to one service on a Sunday, I believe we would all stand on our head through the whole service if we had to, to be able to do it. It's, it's, uh, there's a longing in the hearts of the church to be able to gather together. I know that. I think about the 84th Psalm, where the psalmist says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. And I know that's our heart right now, and we're trusting the Lord for that. But, but getting back to rest, you might think about it in the Lazy Boy recliner or between services. But for some, rest is fishing. For some, rest is doing something with their hands. It's, it's relaxing, and there's something meditating about it. Many men that I know, it's a restful time to, to mow the grass. To a time of meditation, and it's a time they relax. It might be working in the garden that brings you rest. It might be uh, working in the garage or many other things that bring you rest. But for others, rest just can't be found. Rest is very elusive for a lot of people. I mean, they just can't, they just can't track it down. They can't get their hands on it. Ruth has been a hard-working widow in the field, gleaning a widow from Moab, out being a servant in the field just for a meal. 
She has worked every bone in her body to the point of exhaustion. And she's tired. And Ruth needs some rest. You know, you might think about Ruth before, before all of this, you know. And I know things weren't right for Ruth spiritually. She lived in a heathen land. She was unsaved. She was married to a backslidden Christian. But she was married. She had someone to love. She was cared for and she was provided for. That's what a woman longs for is that kind of security. And she did at least have that. She could be excited about the opportunity to have children back at that time. But now she's in a different season. And she's in a lonely season. She's in an uncertain season. And she... Needs rest. Tonight we begin seeing Ruth coming into a very special rest. Not to say that she sees it coming. Throughout harvest she probably gleaned and she pondered and she figured that she was probably going to live out the rest of her life trying to provide for her and Naomi. She probably didn't. Desire. Moab. And coming into. This Jewish society. She figured she would be carrying the burden. For both her and Naomi. The rest of their lives. Little did she know. That rest. Was just around the corner for her. Her burden is about to be lifted and Ruth's life is about to be changed. Tonight, we're dealing with the subject of rest. To be seen coming in Ruth's life. And for you and I to examine the rest that we are experiencing. The, the abundance of rest or the lack thereof. Where do we stand in this idea of truly resting. In the text. It's coming into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. For lost sinners. To be saved by Jesus. You know there are blessed benefits. From, from this relationship aspect. That we're going to talk about tonight. If you are tired. For you. If you're sick and tired. Of the life that you've been living. The Lord has an amazing, wonderful offer for you tonight. Let us see several things about rest. First, that rest is presented. Let us think about this rest that Naomi is suggesting. And as this rest is presenting, presented, let's just think about relationship rest. Because Naomi suggests a rest 
to Ruth. And this rest is love in a relationship. It's not laying down and taking a nap. It's not physical rest. It's it's a loving relationship that one comes into. The idea of the word that Naomi is using here when she uses the word rest is the idea of settling down and marriage. Naomi is saying to Ruth, I'm going to find Someone for you to rest with in marriage. Someone who will love you. And Naomi has actually already found who it is. She already knows who it is. Though Ruth does not know who it is. And Naomi suggesting this rest in marriage with someone is entirely within her right to do. Naomi can play Cupid as the mother-in-law to this daughter-in-law because in the day and time that we're taking this from, the parents arranged the marriage for the child. You know, in this day and time, I, I recall one story about a about a, a young woman, young unmarried woman that's straight away from home, straight away from mom and dad, and she went out and, and she kind of just got wild and her parents didn't know where they might find her. And she came back home married. And she suffered a lot of scars and bumps and bruises and went through a lot of pain. And she was she was letting it all out and confiding in her mom and dad. And her her dad said, well, you could have at least let me take a look at him first. And that was that was what he had to say in response to her. For those who are maybe older teenagers or for those who are young adults who are unmarried and you have parents or a parent, you want their blessing on the relationship that that you want. When you were born, the one who changed your diaper, the ones who raised you and went through every ache and pain with you and watching over you and being responsible for you. You want the blessings of those people. You want the blessings of the ones who have been married as long as you've been alive or married as long as your oldest sibling has been alive in marriage, experiencing it together. You want to learn from them and you want to gather from them. You want to seek their approval. Please know that and understand that. And let us think about something else in this. As we think about out and she worked very hard physically and she gathered grain and she came home and provided it for a meal. But now we see Naomi who is qualified and has the wisdom to do something that apparently Ruth cannot see and be able to do. And that is to see something in someone that is a special person to be with her for life. You understand, teenagers and 
and young adults who are unmarried. And you might be able to help them with something on their computer and line them out in something that that they can't do. But there's also something they can't do. They can do that you can't do. See, you can go and you can line them out on the computer, but that does not mean that you can line out your life with someone for the rest of your life without their blessing, without having the wisdom and the experience of them being able to see something in someone that you cannot see in that someone. So please, please seek their approval. Seek their approval. Naomi is very instrumental in this relationship of rest that's about to happen for Ruth. And for Ruth, look, this relationship is a husband. But for people, for, for those listening, for those reading, this is a relationship with a heavenly father. We see a relationship rest in this presented rest, but we also see a required rest here because think about it. Ruth needs a relationship because harvest time is coming to an end. Boaz said she could reap and she could glean until the end of harvest. Well, harvest is coming to an end right now. So their connection and what's been promised and what's going on so far on the surface is that what they have a connection with is about over. And so you can see if Ruth made her decision just to go off or whatever, that look, after harvest is over, she has nothing and she has nothing that she can do. She is back in the position that she and for. She needs help and she needs someone to be interested in her need. She needs a savior, if you will. She needs a savior that will continue to meet her need. See, we can only do so much on our own until it all runs out and everyone needs a savior. Look, the people of the world need a savior because of the condition of everyone in the world and the way everyone begins. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. People need a savior for their condition. But people also need a savior for what's coming. Because Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. There's no rest in death without Christ, without coming to know Jesus Christ. There's just the reality of an eternal hell for those who die in their sins. The wages of sin is death. That's what's coming. But the rest of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. People need Jesus. 
People need Jesus to come out of the poverty of their spiritual darkness and to be able to come into his light and have their sins forgiven. He is a savior who has come to save his people from their sins. And this rest is presented to all. But we not only see a rest that is presented, we see a rest that is promised. Naomi wants Ruth to have a husband to provide for her needs, to provide her with what she can't provide for herself. If you look with me at the end of verse one, Naomi says to Ruth after she suggests this rest that she needs in a. She says that it may be well with thee. Now, this is very impacting to Ruth. This is a very special moment that Naomi and Ruth are sharing because she's saying to her, I want you to have the very best that there is for, for you. And that's no doubt very impacting to Ruth, the care and the sincerity and the love that Naomi has for her. She doesn't want to dictate to Ruth. She wants to be a delight to Ruth and she wants to be instrumental and she wants to use the insight and the blessing of experience and wisdom that God has given to her to be able to be a blessing to Ruth. It's a very impacting moment. She wants the very best for her. And that is just like the Lord who wants the very best for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And the Lord is saying to a backslidden Israel at that time, and it also says to us today that he wants the very best for our lives. And in his divine wisdom, he knows what is the very best for our lives. And in his power, he can give the very best for our lives. So we see that this rest is promised and we see a future promise here for Ruth. A relationship, as Naomi is suggesting, which is near in Ruth's future, what this means is a relief from her past. It means that she will be going from empty to filled. She will be going from heavy, heaviness to hope. She will be going from uncertainty to stability. It would mean love for Ruth. It would mean children for Ruth. Joy is just around the corner for Ruth. There's a future promise for her that we see right now. And you know, there's a future promise for those who will turn their eyes upon Jesus. There's an experience which is more and it's greater than one could ever dream of or imagine for themselves 
when they turn to Christ. It's an experience of change. It's an experience of forgiveness. It's an experience of peace, of joy, of hope, of holiness. It's a promise and it's an experience of rest. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. That's a future promise of rest. It's a, it's a current promise to rest in Jesus now as well. It's a fulfilling promise that Ruth has, that we also have in Christ. This rest promise to Ruth is a man who can meet her needs, who will cherish her so that she will never be in want. The care and security for her is beyond anything that she can come up with in her wildest dreams. And what a picture this is of what we find in Jesus for us. Because with Jesus, we have daily hope. We have a definite help. We are divinely held. You will be able to stand and you will make it through this time that we are going through right now. Not because you're so strong it can stand on your own two feet. But because we are divinely held. And that's a fulfilling promise for us. And another one is that we are determined for heaven. It's already been determined. That we are. That heaven is our home. Our citizenship. We are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We are determined for heaven. Not in our determination. In God's determination. We not only see a fulfilling promise. We see a foundational promise. As we think about Ruth. In this situation. Because this rest for Ruth. Is going to provide her. With a new home. A settling down. In the blessing. Of a new relationship. That's permanent. And Christians. Have a permanent home in heaven. And it is our home while we are in this world. We are going to leave this world to go to our. You and I. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, ye may be also. Now, there is a rest for the people of God through the trials, through the pain, and through the tears. But that same rest, in it's eternal. And when we get to heaven... It's going to be a rest without the trial, without the pain, and without the tear. We have a foundational promise. This rest for Ruth, it's not a place. 
this rest as a person, Naomi has picked out Boaz for Ruth. I mean, he's a man of faith. Look, he's a he's a he's family. He has finances. He's fond of her. As we went through chapter two, we saw how he had compassion. He had wisdom. He had grace and care. He overlooked her past corruption. He wasn't persuaded by the opinions of the community. Her poverty did not disinterest him. He loved her as she was. She didn't have to do anything to try to earn or make his love happen for her. He loved her and he showed it. She didn't have to do anything to earn his attention. And that's just like a savior I know who loves sinners while they are yet sinners. He doesn't look for goodness. He just gives grace. You know, our past is brutal. Our past was spiritually bankrupt. We couldn't offer anything to the Lord and we couldn't earn anything from the Lord. Yet he reaches out in his love, seeking to save that which was lost. We couldn't go to him, but he came to us. And loved us. Boaz was not only a person though. Who shows all the right signs. And in the picture he is of Christ. Of course we can clearly see. All the right signs in the Lord Jesus. But Boaz was a person. Who stands in the right space. He was one of their kindred. He was a kinsman. And it was the duty of the next of kin to marry the widow and to take care of the widow. And Jesus stands as a kinsman for us. On this earth, a kindred to us, yet no one could do what Jesus did for sinners. He died for sinners. He stood in our space. But Boaz is a person who spins from the right supply. You see, Boaz was affirmed as a family member and he could afford to be a redeemer to Ruth. But financial resources could not buy our redemption that we needed. Only Jesus has what could buy our redemption. And it has nothing to do with money. But it has everything to do with righteousness. No one will stand before God accepted without meeting the standard of His perfect righteousness. And that statement of truth right there should make many people rethink their religion.
and turn away from their religion. Because God's perfect standard righteousness is what he is going to look for. You have to be as good as God to get to heaven. And to be as good as God, you need his righteousness. And look, his righteousness can't be bought. His righteousness can't be earned. All of the religious ceremony and deed and works that you can do will not touch the righteousness of God. It doesn't even come close. And there's religion working. People at work and their religion in this world and they're hoping to be earned a place with God. And you can forget it. If that's what you're thinking, because you don't need the best standard you can come up with and the best life you can live. You need perfect righteousness to get to heaven. And that's what Jesus died to give you and I. That's what he offers for stepping in our place. Second Corinthians 521 says for he he might be made the righteousness of God in him if you're tired in your religion that's because you're not resting in him and something's trying to tell you you're never going to get there you need to rest in Jesus Christ you need to trust Him as Lord and Savior. By grace, through faith are you saved. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus Christ offers you to humble yourself and receive it. You can get it. The righteousness of God is the only way. Jesus spent himself to give you his righteousness. Let's look at a person who shares and writes speech now. Because everything that Boaz did, every one of his actions, Every characteristic that came out toward Ruth was speaking. And Ruth didn't hear it, but Naomi did. And it said, I want to love you. I want to take care of you. I mean, Boaz freely gave. He cared compassionately. He invited her cordially. And he supplied her abundantly. And Jesus has done everything that everyone needs to bring us into a relationship with Him. Everything that Jesus has done is speaking to the entire world if the world would listen. He desires to save you from your sins. He desires to bring you 
into a relationship with him. All that remains for anyone to do is to receive him and enter into rest, to rest in Jesus Christ. That's the invitation for you. There's two ways this message has gone this evening. Because we've talked about being received into rest. And we've talked about being revived by rest. And there's a division there. Between those who are lost. And those who are saved. I'd like to close at the end of verse 2. If you'll look with me there. It talks about winnowing barley. In the threshing floor. And there's a division that is made there. Because see, when you're out gleaning in the field and you're gathering barley in the, the vessel that you have to be able to gather with, you're not only gathering barley, but you're also gathering the chaff. There's no way to separate it as you're gathering it. But then there's the winnowing process. In the threshing floor. And winnowing is this homemade, handmade type of fan apparatus. And there's a fanning of the grain. Because in this winnowing, you have the grain and you have the chaff. And the chaff is not nourishment. The chaff is no good. The chaff is not what you want. What you want is the grain. The grain is heavier. The chaff is lighter. And when the grain and the chaff are, are, are thrown up together and the winnowing fan goes to work, it blows away the chaff. It blows away that which is rejected. And the heavier grain falls in the threshing floor. And you can grab and consolidate together that which is good. There's a dividing of the chaff and the grain. The chaff does not blow in the threshing floor. But the grain gathers in the threshing floor. And I'm telling you that God is making a division. And one day he's going to gather all of his children in that threshing floor, in that spiritual threshing floor. And the chaff. Those who have rejected Jesus Christ are going to be blown away. The chaff is going to be burned up. It's not going to be received. It's not going to be taken in. Only the grain. And God is making a division between those who have received rest in Jesus Christ Trusting Him as Lord and Savior. And those who have rejected Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you do not have peace in your eternity. Look, you're the chaff tonight. You are the chaff that's going to be blown away. And wasted away. And not gathered. But all that changes when you trust in Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. And to those who have received this rest of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have that very thing. You have 
rest in Jesus Christ. And many Christians are experiencing that rest. But are, are there some out there tonight who, though you have his rest, you're not experiencing his rest. You have neglected the rest that he has provided for you. You are neglecting the rest that you need. You need his rest, not j just during this time we're going through. You need his rest, the experience of it for your life. And if you have neglected that child of God. Would you turn back to Jesus? Would you sit at the spiritual table, if you will? And would you sup with Jesus tonight? And would you acknowledge your sin ever before him? Your sin of neglecting what he has provided for you so that you can live your life in such a way in the blessings and the peace of God that you bring him glory, that you would exude that to your family, to those around you, that you would walk in the very best that God has for you because he's provided it for you. He's provided it for you in his rest and you have it. But have you been neglecting it? Where is your spirit setting right now with the Lord concerning his rest? This is a good time to meditate and to spend time with the Lord tonight. Because someone has his rest, but they're not resting in him. And he wants you to rest with him. Would you talk to him? Would you admit to him where you are? And trace back what it is. That had you start walking away. Getting a little bitter. Allowing your heart to harden. Would you open your heart? Would you be vulnerable to Jesus Christ tonight? And have that talk with him and come back into the experience of his rest. Let us pray. Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your holiness. Lord, we thank you for your righteousness. The righteousness you give. That makes us. Able to meet your standard. You have met your standard through us. By saving us from our sin. Swapping our sin. For your righteousness. I thank you for loving us so much. And and everything you've done for us. How it how it speaks to us. It speaks to our heart. And and it tells us that you love us. It tells us that you care for us. It tells us that you're going to protect us during this time. It tells us you're going to provide for us during this time and for the rest of our lives. Oh, may our eyes steadily be turned upon Jesus. And we pray for the one or several who have just tried to tell themselves that they are right with you. And they know they're not. 
And Lord, we pray that you would save their soul tonight. We pray that you would save them from all their sins. And that you would bless them and help them. I thank you, Lord, for the account in your word. That the, all the grace we see coming to Ruth is grace for us. We praise you for your grace. And we ask all of these things in the only way that you can hear us. Through the only one we can come to you through. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.